0: I love seeing these Instagram feeds where there's beautiful pictures of food. You know, there's these magnificent warrior poses that they're doing on a on a yoga mat. And they're sort of taking pictures of sunsets and stuff like that. But I guarantee you 90% of those people will be the ones at 3am smashing a Big Mac in the corner of some looting McDonald's. And actually, that's probably when they're at their most happiest. And I think one of the things which brands need to stop contributing to is this very awkward, very sinister pressure that they're putting on people to be their perfect selves.
1: John Brown is the founder of Don't Cry Wolf, an agency that promises to help no bullshit brands build affinity. He's a strong believer in brutal honesty, transparency and authenticity. But for most brands and people, that's not easy and requires a radical overhaul of beliefs and behaviours.
0: I always have this sort of belief of swallow the frog, do the hardest thing first. And the hardest thing that you can do as a brand is to come across more vulnerable.
1: So how exactly do you take the steps towards vulnerability?
0: I liken it entirely to potty training. We need to potty train some of these organisations and some of these clients. You know, just sit in a potty and see how it feels.
1: Makes sense. That's all coming up in today's show.
0: Is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR, and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. How are you anyway? I'm all right, mate. Well, actually, I'm fucking knackered, but I'm. Uh, I'm <laughs> my one year old girl is just absolutely possessed in the middle of the night right now. So I'm dealing with that. Yeah. Actually, no, that's a total lie. My wife's dealing with it, but I'm waking up and getting pissed off still.
1: It, yes, it's very selfish. I, I used to find that with, with my wife, waking yeah. me up in the middle of the night. It's not on, is it? No,
0: how dare they? How
1: is that going on for long, then?
0: Uh, only a few weeks. It's just a phase. Well, that's what I keep telling myself. Yeah. Either that or I'll just move out and start a new family.
1: My youngest is four, and then I've got another who's five, and they're still going through a phase as well. Oh, so, God. you know.
0: Fine.
1: So you launched Don't Cry Wolf in january this year that's right isn't it
0: yes that's right yeah we kicked off in january yeah
1: yeah and your little tagline that you use is help no bullshit brands build affinity so how's that going
0: it's it's going all right i mean it's you know the the, the business itself is going it's going remarkably well we haven't been sued and i'm still able to feed my children so <laughs> for, for that, you know that is a that is my marker of success right now but i don't know i mean this the strap line i'm already kind of if I'm honest, which it should, which I should be, I'm already struggling with because it's it's easy to help brands that are already honest and already doing everything all all beautifully well. Yeah, it's actually quite hard and and a little bit more interesting to help organisations who want to be more transparent and who want to be more honest and who want to start bringing that to the uh, to the front of their comms. So, I guess i um, no bullshit brands are great, but brands in general that have an appetite for honesty is what I'm looking to work with.
1: Right, okay. And do you struggle finding that sort of brand? I mean, how do you go about identifying someone who actually is at the point of being, you know, we want to be completely transparent?
0: It's it's interesting. You, you kind of have some, um, or I've, I've had some briefs that have come through that are really quite focused on, you know, everything from improving their customer service through to wanting to be more open on social media channels through to kind of completely reorganizing their com structure to sort of open up their organization from the inside out and make it a, make it a more transparent place and, and and that's great that's a fantastic brief for me yeah. most of the time though it's it's getting your regular briefs me putting forward a pitch which is slightly left of center saying well you know this is how we should communicate a bit more honestly this is how we should make sure that we're being very authentic, that we're staying true to what you can do, and then seeing whether or not I win the business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which must be quite interesting in itself, I'd imagine. Around the whole honesty thing, I saw your vlog that you posted this morning, which is where you said basically you think that work-life balance as a concept is total bollocks. (laughs) Is, Is that an example of the kind of honesty and transparency that you're talking about?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I try and make sure that I am constantly sort of at a a level where I try and be as filter-free as possible. So, you know, we have enough filters in this world from social media through to everything else. And sometimes, sometimes it can absolutely bite me in my ass, and I say (laughs) something which I think, oh, God, that that was pretty dumb. But most of the time, you know, it feels good to be this kind of, this honest. It feels good to be true to myself and to say what I genuinely think and the key here is that I'm always open to having my mind changed yeah so these aren't just mad rants where I expect everyone to just sort of bad bow down and follow my way they're purposefully there to say look this is what I think yeah I might be talking completely out of my ass so challenge me you know let's let's have a yeah, conversation yeah. about it and I think that is at the heart of what good communications should be about
1: yeah it's interesting because in that video you talked about the reason you get up at five o'clock isn't to do yoga and stuff it's to wipe your kids bottom
0: exactly that
1: is so refreshing to hear from my perspective because there's so much posturing goes on around all this you know you, you must do this you must do that you you get up at five and you I don't know you run three miles and I find it on Instagram a lot but on social in general so much posturing around the perfect way to be and other people should be like you and it, it absolutely does my head in at times
0: I mean and, and, and also it's uh, I've always said to myself I love seeing these Instagram feeds where there's beautiful pictures of food you know there's these magnificent warrior poses that they're doing on a, on a yoga mat and yep. they're sort of taking pictures of sunsets and stuff like that but I guarantee you of those people will be the ones at 3am smashing a Big Mac in the corner of some looted McDonald's. (laughs) And actually, that's probably when they're at their most happiest. And I think one of the things which brands need to stop contributing to is this very awkward, very sinister pressure that they're putting on people to be their perfect selves. And the interesting thing is, what they're doing now is saying, oh, well, you don't need makeup to be your perfect self, and you don't need... Uh, a hair straightener to be your perfect self. But you do need to be eating clean and you do need to be getting up at 3am and looking at a tree and you do need to be all doing all of these sorts of things. And that is pressure in itself. Sure, they've taken away the makeup and the cosmetics of it, but they're still pacing an enormous amount of pressure on people.
1: Yeah, yeah. What does being honest really mean when it comes to brands? I mean, how should they be marketing themselves and presenting themselves?
0: I mean, for me, it comes down to three things. There has to be a level of vulnerability there. So when I talk about the fact that I'm wiping my kids' ass, you know, I'm, I'm showing the fact that, you know, it's, it's an unpleasant world to live in. I'm not, you know, I'm not just <laughs> that, that fantastic Instagrammable dad. Sometimes yeah. I'm knee high in poop wishing that I was somewhere else. So there has to be a level of vulnerability and Vulnerability also applies when when something goes wrong. You need to kind of be honest, admit, open up, and vulnerable brands will be the, um, the successful ones in the future. The second part is commitment. Brands have to be committed to what they're saying. And actually, we're seeing some extraordinary examples of individuals who are committing to what they said that they would do and getting quite high ratings and approvals for it. And you know, that that's particularly applied in the political space right now. Yeah. And the final one is around accountability. You know, if you're going to say all of these things, if you're going to be a bit more vulnerable, if you're going to commit to doing these things, then be held accountable for them, make it open, make it transparent, showcase the fact that you're doing this work and and have people dip in, have a look at you and and judge your progress.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that vulnerability thing, I would quite imagine that a lot of marketers a lot of brands a lot of senior people within companies would see that vulnerability as showing weakness rather than something that builds empathy and, and trust with people do you think that's a fair assessment
0: absolutely and uh, I think there's a lot of people who will kind of uh, wince at the idea of, of this word vulnerable yeah. and they'll feel as though that that isn't somehow uh, showcasing to their competitors that their weak spots and things like that but It's just so human. It's just human nature to be a bit vulnerable. It's human nature to say, oh, God, I really fucked up. I'm so sorry, but we're going to really try harder next time. That is complete human nature. And if there are slight disadvantages to this, I'm not saying it's it's always rosy. There are going to be people who are going to get angry and upset if something goes wrong. And you admit that even if you admit that it goes wrong. But the point is that you're being authentic and you're being honest. And that over time is the 100% foundation to trust.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that whole admitting that you're wrong, the great example of that recently, I guess, is KFC with their ads around the, the whole chicken palaver that went on. They got a lot of kudos just from the fact that they admitted they'd screwed up, basically. I mean, they were clever with it. You know, the way they did it was clever. But, you know, the fact that they merely just admitted, yeah, we screwed up was big in itself.
0: You're totally right, Paul. And this is like, you know, what, what, what fascinated me about KFC is, is I think they've got something like 800 stores around the, uh, around the country. They only own outright 35 of them. It's a franchise model, right? Right. They really could have been the typical corporate self and gone, well, it's not our problem. It's our franchisees problem. And, yeah, you yeah. know, we're only, a, we're only a hub and we advise them on the best way. They didn't. They took full ownership. They took full responsibility for it. They changed their bloody logo, which for a brand is a big step to take in, yeah. in just apologising. Yeah. And they say, "Look, this is our fault, you know, and we're we're, gonna, we're we're fixing it."
1: Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of crisis communications work in the past three years, and one of the things I say constantly in that is, you must say sorry. You don't have to admit liability necessarily, but you have to apologise for whatever it is you've done wrong. And the number of brands who won't even do that is just astounding. I think. So how you can be honest if you don't even take that step is, well, it's beyond me, to be honest.
0: And that's right. And, and, and you know, this is a step-by-step thing. I, like, I always have this sort of belief of swallow the frog, do the hardest thing first. And the hardest thing that you can do as a brand is to come across more vulnerable. And, you know, it's not just KFC, like Unilever, most Unilever representatives, if you go and see them talk, the first thing they do is they stand up on the stage and they tell you all the things that they're doing wrong and why they want to fix it. That's a pretty remarkable way of catching yeah, yeah. people's attention and, and getting people on side.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I think bleeds into this is this whole thing of bullshit and marketing jargon and you know, all the, all the other stuff that goes on, which isn't yeah. necessarily consumer-facing, but it comes from, in my view, the whole culture of an organisation. And as an example, so I'm working on a pitch at the moment, which obviously I won't name, with an agency. And the pitch document that came across is four pages of just complete and utter crap. You know, it's got, I don't know, brand statements and all this marketing stuff in there, but it totally misses the point of what that document is supposed to do because they're so swallowed up in their own self-importance and they're overcomplicating what should be a pretty simple thing. Do you think this whole attitude starts from inside a company?
0: Absolutely. So I think one of the things that we tend to, immediately neglect and ignore when let's say we're faced with a pitch like, like you were saying so you're faced with a new business opportunity is that we tend to sort of hurriedly and hungrily start responding to the brief and coming up with campaign ideas and all talking about how we can actually execute this what we should be doing is asking the questions internally do you actually believe this let's yeah, just yeah. ask that question first do you genuinely believe this because for all the will in the world, I could come up with a fabulous campaign. We could all you know, pat ourselves on the back on the amount of retweets we've got for it or the fact that it features in PR Week's top five fabulous campaigns. Yeah. But if you genuinely don't believe this or you're not living and breathing this inside as a corporate, as an entity, and this isn't communicated throughout the team and they're not feeling that they're a part of this, then it's just going to feel completely disingenuous.
1: So where does that... Where does that honesty start then? Because, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. So we're saying that if you're not honest from the inside, then you're not going to be honest facing outwards. How do you transform an organisation that is very guarded and very corporate into being one that is very open and vulnerable and transparent?
0: Well, you, you've got kids, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, got, I've got kids as well, and they're, they're, they're young kids. And I liken it entirely to potty training. Okay. this is what we need to do. We need to potty train some of these organizations and some of these clients. And I know that sounds incredibly condescending and it probably is good for you. (laughs) But, you know, it it is absolutely the way I say it It is not going to be done overnight. This isn't a kind of quick fix solution. We need to keep reminding them of the right thing to do. We need to keep in getting in their faces and asking the right questions when we're seeing stuff go awry. And we need to actually spend some time saying, well, okay, let's at least try this this way first. You know, it's that idea of again, using the terrible potty training analogy, <laughs> it's that idea of, well, let, you know, just sit in a potty and see how it feels. Just keep it on the size. And it is that. It really does come down to that because if you go straight from a point of kind of where they're not they're not experiencing the the, the benefits of honesty, they're not they're not getting involved in transparency, they're not they're not playing the game and then say, right, 100%, we're going to move to this 100% transparent model, they're going to scare the shit out of them. So you have to spend some time taking them through the steps, showing them the way, allowing them to experience the benefits bit by bit, and then they'll come around.
1: And I guess that comes down to you can't be vulnerable and transparent if that isn't actually who you are as a business. So you've got to get that stuff right before you do move on to marketing yourselves in that way. Otherwise, again, there's going to be this this big chasm between those two—they're not going to fit.
0: No, absolutely right. And do you know what, Paul? I'm probably sat here thinking to myself, "Well, I've kind of cordoned myself to maybe one percent or two percent of the market." But do yeah, you know yeah. what? That's okay. That's that's that, that that's absolutely fine. And this isn't for all brands, and it won't be for all brands. But I can tell you something that I fundamentally believe this. I'm completely convinced. In a few years' time, organisations will be judged purely on the promises they break, the commitments they keep, and how transparent and open they are. And if you are an organisation now who doesn't tick any of those boxes in any way, then I would be seriously concerned about how I'm going to communicate in the future. Because it's what we expect, and it's what we will expect, especially with the advances in technology making everything open Honest and identifiable.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you very much so. It's interesting. There's an episode coming up of this podcast where I have managed to talk to a musician. So, not someone in marketing at all. Yeah. But we were talking about how she market or they market their band and they took a Not necessarily a conscious decision, but because of all the pressure on musicians on social media to be role models, effectively, to do this, take this step into being basically being who they were, not trying to be something that they're not, just being true to themselves, basically, which is very, in a way, it's a very hackneyed phrase to be true to yourself. But there's so much that brands and companies could learn from just that approach, actually.
0: Uh, absolutely. And I mean, some of, uh, you know, on the on the art side of things, I think the most extraordinary art, the art that takes your breath away from whether it's something musical, something visual, whatever it might be, are the ones that have kind of a little bit of a raw edge of of, of honesty and self-reflection in it. And it's what we connect with as human beings. And, and we are at this point now where we are pretty saturated with bullshit from yeah. From brands, from influencers, whatever the fuck they are, <laughs> we are absolutely saturated with this stuff now and, and and people just want to see some form of slightly raw human emotion and interaction and and I think that's where the opportunity lies because you know, no matter what happens an an influencer on, on Instagram can stick out another one of these beautifully photoshopped images outside of the Taj Mahal, but people will still interact more with a perhaps slightly more grittier brutal rawer image that you might find on a newsfeed, yeah and rather than rather than something that's that's more polished like that from instagram yeah the
1: whole no bullshit thing I'm, I'm so behind this because so i do workshops and i consistently get feedback from the people i do these things from of god it was refreshing to hear it's someone just straight talking not trying to fluff things up and it always surprises me because I think, well, surely everyone does that, don't they? But I think they don't. There is this sheen that people put on their organizations, in, whether it's consultancies or agencies or brands or whatever. There always seems to be this, this sheen to make yourself, to not upset anyone. And I just think it's the wrong way to be. If you upset people sometime, well, maybe that's not a bad thing in itself because at Absolutely. least you are being honest.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, Paul, I, 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 as I've mentioned to you in the past, I use you as, a bit, as, a, as an example of, of someone who's, you know, prepared to say what they think, even if it makes something, you know, slightly more uncomfortable. But yep. also, you know, you get the vulnerability message spot on from your, you know, your very open and honest discussions around mental health, through to the day that you're having, through to. <laughs> You know the opportunities that exists, and through to the challenges that you face when you try and do sort of extraordinary events like digital download life. So I think you know, there, you're you're one of the good guys in that sense. But people genuinely tend to avoid conflict. They yeah. they don't want to have conflict. And actually, no. con- healthy conflict. There's nothing wrong with it. No. There's a there's a chap called Patrick Lencioni, who's who's much smarter than I am, who writes a whole book on the necessity of having things like transparency trust healthy conflict and it is a real fundamental part if you disagree with something or you're not you don't believe in what you're talking about have that healthy conflict discuss it share it get it out there because i tell you what the commitment that you make afterwards will feel much much more true to yourselves and to the organization and much more powerful going forward
1: so you mentioned about being held accountable Yes. So brands and companies need to be held accountable. If they're going to do this, be accountable for it. How does that manifest itself?
0: It manifests itself in a number of ways. Organisations can quite happily publish more stuff and they should. And, you know, we're starting to see slight kind of nods towards this with the the, the sort of the publishing of figures around diversity, for example. But organisations as a whole should be looking to publish more things, more things about what they're doing, how they're doing it, more, uh, even even sort of a little bit of the inner workings of the of, of the business, some of the decisions that they're taking at board level. You know, these things are interesting bits of information. Which, if they're getting it right, or even if they're getting it wrong, but want to get it right, it's it's useful stuff to share with your customers and your audiences. They want to feel a part of it. The second part to this is there is an opportunity for third-party kind of accountability. So Don't Cry Wolf is a B Corp or a B Corp pending because we're only in our first year, so we can't get full, full B Corp membership just yet. But this is an organisation that truly monitors businesses based on a set of values. So from environmental impact through to social welfare, through to how we're treating our employees and our business model around you know, who we're working with and why and how. And it's published. It, you know, it is made available. It's something that is going to be an enormous pain in my ass, but it's there. And, and I'm doing it so that you know, I don't have really anything to hide at all. So I might as well make the most of it.
1: So what would you like to see as the commitment you were talking about? What would you like to see people committing to and brands committing to?
0: I think it would be good for brands to have a bit more of commitment around how they will communicate now, one of the things I, I I look to try and do when I'm working with new clients is to sort of set out a very clear set of you know these are the things that we will and won't do. Right. These are the areas that we'll always work towards. These are some of the no-go zones that we will avoid. And and each one of those has to be quite specific to a brand. So you know it's different from whether you're working with a, a consumer brand to a B two B and, and et cetera. So I think having some sort of some sort of charter, some sort of commitment around that, yeah. but also the commitments they make publicly, I am sick and tired of these unctuous, self congratulatory, sort of pseudo CSR campaigns that we see yeah, yeah. farted out from PR agencies and, and, and businesses. If you really, really want to put together something that is going to have a real social impact and a positive nature, then start doing it first. Don't tell anyone for a year and a half and then report on the results. Yeah. A lot of people go for the campaign first and the, and the congratulatory stuff and then don't actually follow through with any results. Yeah,
1: yeah sure. OK, so just to round off then, just to summarise, being honest and cutting out the bullshit. What's the one big message that you are pushing with this?
0: Big message I'm pushing with this is the three things. Be vulnerable. Commit to what you're going to do and commit first internally before telling anyone externally. And then when you're starting to get on that path and you're starting to progress, show people, be accountable, be transparent about it. That's it.
1: Excellent. Okay, I really hope that a lot of people listening to this will take this on board, whether you are an independent consultant or you work in an agency or you work for a brand or you're a corporate, whatever it is. I really hope this kind of pushes through because I'm fully behind you on this, John. Where can people talk to you about it if they want to find out more?
0: So my Twitter handle is at BrownBear, that's B-R-O-W-N-B-A-R-E. Or you can email me at john at don'tcrywolf.com.
1: And I would add to that, check out John's vlogs as well, because some really good stuff goes on there. So it's good to see that happening as well. Incidentally, with the vlogs, why vlogs above any other content form for you?
0: A couple of reasons. I didn't really see anyone else doing it as such i love i love writing but i'm also i also have a huge ego so i love being on camera <laughs> as well <laughs> and uh, and and sort of ranting on camera and i just saw it as a you know bit of an opportunity it's a bit of fun i, I actually have a bit of a, a a hobby or an interest in in photography and film although you couldn't tell it by my editing skills <laughs> yeah and i just wanted to i wanted to crack on with it really
1: i think it's really good like you say it's a bit different to what's out there which is always a good thing well thank you very much for your time today i really appreciate that thanks john
0: thanks very much paul cheers
1: Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. On Twitter I'm at the Paul Sutton or you can email me at paul at paulsutton.co. There's more information on the digital download membership scheme and on upcoming events at digitaldownload.training.